Hello and welcome to a very special edition, the I'll Drenther to That edition of the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and at the moment I am completely sober. Uh, with me as always and slightly less or maybe slightly more sober, I can't remember which, is my dear friend Sarah. Hello Dan. Oh, you don't sound sober at all. Isn't it, it is like, it, it's like 8 it's in the morning, isn't it? Nine in the morning, man. Nine oh, in the morning. Yeah. Nine in the morning. So what time did you start drinking? <laughs> I'm not I'm not drunk. I'm just excited by cycling. Oh, is that what it is? Well, there's been a fair bit of it on lately, so it does make a certain amount of sense. Um, I mean, to be fair, holy fucking shitballs, there's been a lot of cycling on. Um, let's talk Mirko. Let's talk Mirko. Yeah, cycling on three continents. And one of the stage races we had last week was the Mirko Cycling Classic. This is a four-stage race in California. And the winner gets a gigantic cobble, which is lovely. I always like races where you get a gigantic cobble. You don't race over cobbles. You just pick one up. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a four-stage race. The first race was a hilly road race. Now, there's a theme to this race. And I'm wondering how quickly you'll guess it. Okay. The first stage was a um, was a hilly road mm-hmm. close. The first stage was a hilly, ho- hilly road race, and specialised Lululemon's Taylor Wiles won it. Hooray, Taylor! Um, that's your first race with the team, and you've won it. Brilliant. Um, with Ebby Stevens second. Yoga. Se- what? Yoga. The second stage. It was an ITT, and Evie Stevens won that. Um, the third stage was a crit, and Ina Yoko Tutenberg won that, and that wasn't really a surprise. I think it's like in the law that if they hold that crit, that Mirko crit in California, where she happens to live in California, she has to win it. And the fourth stage was won by... Cycling. Not a specialised rider. What? But that breaks the whole trend pattern thing. I know, I know. Um, it was Beth Newell from Now and Novartis from NMS. Congratulations, Beth. You were a non-specialised rider winning a, winning a stage of that stage race, so you get extra points in my book. Um, well, yeah, certainly but, didn't um, waste the opportunity there. Ha ha. Ha 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 ha. Yes, their t- Twitter handle is no op wasted. Um, yeah, and they... Uh, yeah, but, but yeah, don't worry... Evie Stevens did win the GC. Cool, because, you know, it it was starting to cause some concern in uh, the broader um, internet world because it had been, you know, like at least a week since Evie had won a race and people were getting worried. Well, to be fair, she hadn't started racing yet, so it would probably been months and months and months since she won a race. Exactly, and, you know, that caused a lot of anxiety. I think we all felt the U.S. collectively heave a sigh of relief uh, <laughs> when when Webby, Evie took home the, the GC there. Yeah. I mean, this is one of those races. that The theme is obviously specialised Lululemon, but what I really like about this race is you have so much fun social media come out of it. The pictures make this region look gorgeous. There's this amazing set of pictures on stage one from both the men's and the women's race where they're going over these amazing lumpy hills like a roller coaster, and they're just gorgeous photos of like riders just appearing at the top of these little cresty lumpy hills which is you know sweet um i've now got this mental image of riders you know really fighting the bike through the last you know 100 meters of a climb where they're like just bent right over you know chewing the handlebars kind of just fighting the bike to get to the top and then as they crest they start to roll and then they sit up and throw their hands in the air and you're as they start riding down. It's like a roller coaster of a bike ride. Um, dear oh, Peloton, please make this happen. Love, Dan. Oh, that would be awesome. Wouldn't that? Oh. Wouldn't it? That'd be like the coolest social media training video thing that you could ever do. Slap on a, a GoPro and, um, and get me some video of that and I will love you forever. <laughs> I liked I liked the blogging that came out of it too. Um, Taylor Wiles had this great blog on the Specialized Lululemon site, where she was talking about how her and Evie had this this kind of really complicated victory salute worked out if they both came first and second, where one of them would make the S and the other one would make the L. 
but they'd worked it out in the mirror. <laughs> so when they had their victory salute, it was backwards. <laughs> but if you were driving away from them at the time and having to glance in the rearview mirror, it made perfect sense. Yeah, I bet that DS was happy. <laughs> <laughs> and then Eddie had a blog all about her February anxiety and how, you know, she always gets February anxiety before she starts racing. And I was thinking, well, that's sad because last year she had a blog about Dutch anxiety and how she gets anxious racing in Dutch road races. And I was thinking, poor Evie, this mass of nerves. Mm. So, kids, this is, uh, this is how you make it as a professional cyclist. Massive, massive levels of anxiety and other associated psychological disorders that have gone untreated for decades. <laughs> um, the other fun thing was that Evie Stevens' niece turned up in stage three, uh-huh. and so there are about 50 million photos of this adorable little small child with little curly hair and a little small specialised Lululemon jersey yeah. on the podium, completely outshining all the riders. <laughs> I like the one, there was one where she's like running through the park or something in um, in the leader's jersey, and um, I can't remember what the caption that Evie put on it was, but it was something like, ah, she's getting away! <laughs> I like the one where there's this like huge bank of photographers all along the side with Evie pointing her niece at the photographers, and it's just, it's just ridiculous. It's not... <laughs> so yeah, we like, we like Mirko. Um... That was the racing in North America. There was also racing in Central America. Woo! Um. <laughs> it was the Vuelta El Salvador. Um, this is a seven-stage race, and I've got to say, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit hesitant about promoting this race because it did make me a little bit angry. Um, uh, so, uh, Noemi Cantelay, and before it's the race started, um, the big competition was due to be. Amber Nevin of Kageas Pastazara mm-hmm. um, against Noemi Cantelay of B-Pink was, you know, the big the big rivalry um, yep. out. But um, Amber uh, had to pull out sick with, I think it was suspected cholera. Holy shit! And, yeah, so Amber had to pull out sick. Dear Amber Nevin, we hope you get well soon because, you know, it doesn't sound very good at all. Um, anyway, um... So Noemi basically rampaged through this race. Just you know, just mm. she t- she won the first stage. Um, she ca- she won the fourth stage. Uh, she won the she her team won the team time trial. She won the GC. Hurrah, Noemi! That's really cool. And her teammate Alina Amielusik came second. Um, but it was all kind of soured for me because on the tight team time trial stage, there's this video of. Um, a car basically just ploughing through, coming from the side and ploughing through the team time trial um, team, um, team time trial team. It's just horrible. And really, um, and the guy in the video and in the, in the reports afterwards said, oh, it's not my fault. No one was stopping me. And it's like, fuck, holy fuck. I don't want to see racers thrown around the fucking road like, 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 like skittles in a bowling alley. It's just... Yes, yes. Also, I do have to add at this point in time, and and I acknowledge that if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably not the target audience for this next statement. But feel free to copy it and play it ad nauseum on repeat to anyone you know who does drive a car and dares to say something as fucking stupid as it wasn't my fault, no one stopped me, uh, who, who may need to hear the subtle detail of this message. If you are driving a vehicle and you see anything in front of you, be it a building, a locomotive, a truck, another car, a cyclist, a pedestrian, a bunch of chickens, whatever it is, it's your fucking responsibility to stop. Please don't say anything as stupid as nobody was stopping me. You're driving the car. Nobody can stop for you. You do it. That's what being the driver is. It's your responsibility not to hit shit. I can't add anything to that. It's 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 yeah. You the man talks sense. I know I know that's a rare thing, but it, while I'm on a roll, let's just carry this one step further because I'd also like to point out that at the moment the UCI are running their survey, and this is exactly the kind of incident that that. Um, a survey like this provides a platform for us to comment on. 
Um, now, I don't know enough of the details to get into the nitty-gritty of who's at fault um, in what specific situation. You know, whether it was the police officer responsible for stopping traffic at the previous corner turned away for a second, or whether the, the organisers couldn't afford enough cops, or, or rolling road closures failed for that thing, or, or, or there wasn't enough oversight, or whatever. I don't know. But the point is that when you get to a professional race, um, it seems to me to be a fundamental requirement of making sure that the race can be sanctioned and run properly would be that cars don't hit the riders. Um, so clearly, whatever's gone wrong needs to be investigated, needs to be understood, and then action needs to be taken in order to ensure that it doesn't happen again. So, you know, I would encourage all to, uh, to make sure that they are participating in the UCI survey and take opportunity to, to make it clear that we expect genuine outcomes from this. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not like this was a one-off thing. There were all sorts of other reports before we knew about this that there were cars on the TTT course mm, mm. and that there were cars on the course throughout the race and actually it's a really fucking dangerous, dangerous race to ride. You know, gi- we all know the jokes about giant potholes and dogs leaping into the road and trying to eat you. Yep. But, you know, and sometimes people go, oh, well, you're being racist because, you know, it's not fair to expect the same standards of, of, of cycling in, in, you know, in, in a... In in a Central American country as you expect in, I don't know, the Netherlands. But I say bullshit to that. I think that if the UCI is giving it a ranking, this is, this is, it, then it should be. It should be the same. So, you know, riders, it's fucking tragic. It's terrible when riders get hit by cars out in training and unacceptable when they get hit by cars out in training. But for fuck's sake, in a race, you know, your workplace, you should expect to be safe. And I don't think that's too much to ask. But, I, you know, I don't think... But I don't think UCI... They did this with Korea last year where that where they had that horror... In the men's race where they had that horrible motorbike incident because basically they're allowing boy racers to ride in with a peloton. And, you know, I don't think we should have this situation where out of sight means out of mind. And if you choose to race outside Europe, you're basically risking your fucking life. I don't think that's good enough. And, you know, it's an insult to riders. It's an insult to the riders from those countries. And it's just shit. Anyway... Well, it's it's not just that, but it, it's also that. I mean, if the if the UCI is serious, and clearly they've demonstrated through the the last several years that they are serious about, um, you know, uh, a long term agenda of global expansion of the sport. Fine, I have no issue with that. But part of the responsibility of doing that is ensuring that the racing is, you know, and. and Bear in mind in this context, when we say racing, we're not talking about the quality of the actual competitiveness of the race. That is the responsibility of the riders, but the race itself, uh, how it's set up, how it's run, and uh, you know the, the routes used and, and the safety of the riders are all things that have to be accounted for. Yeah, can't agree more. The rider who was hit was Nicola Strada from Colombia. She's uh, apparently um, was bruised and battered. She came out of hospital and turned up at later stages of the race. She's one tough cookie. So you know, Nicole, I hope you're. I hope you're. I hope you're doing well. I'm sorry that happened to you. Mm, indeed, but... and uh, hopefully a swift recovery and uh, back in fine form on the bike soon. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Deep breath. And yeah, let's uh, let's find a, a positive story. I don't suppose there's anyone, Sarah, who perhaps was on their debut year in the European peloton who had a, a major breakthrough kind of victory or something this week. There was um, no way. Oh my god! Well, oh, but before we go there, I just wanted to also mention Adi Adi Albashart, the the young American rider from Kigeas Pastizara. She was um, riding El Salvador, and she. Um, she ended up taking the, elite, the best young riders jersey, but she also won stage five. She ended up out in a break in a two woman breakaway with Naomi Cantalay and beat Cantalay in the sprint. And this is Addie's first year out of the junior ranks. You know, it's it's obviously quite a traumatic tour to ride, but you know, congratulations, Addie. Look out for her. Yeah. But yeah, over in Europe, last Saturday was the second round of the um, Lotto Cycling Cup. The Omloop Van Het Hageland Tilt Vinger. And this is a cobbly um, race. It had a peloton packed full of stars. You know, yes, um, half the Lulus were in 
uh, Mirko and you know a, a lot of the, they had the riders out in um, El Salvador but yeah this was a fun cobbly race and it was it basically was a despite lots of attack attempts it ended up in a bunch sprint and Emily Collins of Wiggle Honda won um, yeah Emily it's her first year in this it's her first year in the in 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 the in the European peloton. Yeah, uh, so basically this was a race of firsts, wasn't it? Because, you know, it's her first year in the European peloton. It was her first win in Europe, I believe. And um the first win for the the Wiggle Honda team. Yeah. And yeah, it was I mean, it, um, Emily had um, Emily. She's a Kiwi rider, and obviously, there's not much of a racing scene in New Zealand. We'll, we'll forgive that. Um, and she's been, she was riding. Well, not since not since Emily left, anyway, which you know ties into the news that we're going to break a little later about Linda Willemson because <laughs> she'd she'd run out of people to race. Yeah, no, um, Emily Emily was signed to Wiggle Honda that she last year she rode for Vanderkitten in the in the USA season and did really well. Um Rochelle Gilmore, the team manager, um uh really wanted to sign her, so she did. Um, yeah, well I remember she went to she went to Europe um at the end of last season and rode a few races and, yeah. and did quite well, didn't she? So she did, yeah. You yeah. Know, it's it's nice. It's I mean I was wanting to mention Emily anyway because she'd put a really fun blog about her first couple of rides with a with you know with the with the with the with the new team. And it's always nice to read those blogs of people's first experiences at this point in the year. I mean, you know, in a month's time half of them are going, Oh my fucking god, I hate this fucking benighted country. <laughs> Take me fucking home. Why is the milk not the same in this USA, it's shit. 180 big Dutch riders bully me to the back of the peloton every week. <laughs> and I have to eat cold pasta with no sauce for breakfast. This is the worst job ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, and I have to admit, some of those blogs do depend on how the rider's doing. <laughs> no. Oh my. No. It's it's pure unbiased objective journalism. That's what that is. <laughs> So Emily had a really nice blog, chock full of photos about you know what it's like um, riding, you know racing and you know racing there and being there. And then she won a race, yay! Um, I think the moral of the story is riders write as really good blogs, and you will win races. <laughs> um, I feel obliged. I this is you've put me in a very awkward position, Sarah, because I'm not used to being the um, the voice of moral reason. Um, <laughs> but I feel obliged to point out. Uh, dear, dear writing friends who may be listening, that Sarah's motivation in suggesting this is entirely selfish. The truth is that, you know, she can't guarantee you'll win races if you write blogs. She just wants to read your blogs. Um, so, you know, just, just bear that in mind. No, no, because that's not true. Because back when I... You don't read any blogs? No. <laughs> Back when I first started writing on Podium Cafe, there was this really weird thing, the Podium Cafe effect, because every time we interviewed a rider, she went on to do really well. And it was So, like... does that mean that you're predicting that, that Luce Konevijk will um, repeat her 2010 victory this weekend? That would be so cool. <laughs> I'll never hear the end of it if that happens, um, will I? It's... <laughs> No, but um, so Emily Collins won in a bunch sprint. Um, Emily, Co now this might sound familiar. Emily Collins won. Shelley Olds came second, and Emma Johansson came third. Um, is this is this just how the entire sprint classics are going to go, where we we just put Shelley and Emma into second and third before the race even starts? This is the thing. Is at this point they'd ridden three races. Um, the and Emma had come third in all three of them. Omelet Omelet Petnoisblad. Um, and Le Samin and Tiltwinger, and Shelley had come second in Tilt in Le Samin and Tiltwinger, and yeah, it was. Um, and I was thinking at this point, oh well, you know, this is just because half the peloton isn't here. But yeah, um, yeah, it is. Um, dear, and I'm sure Emma loves being on the podium, but I'm sure she might be getting a bit bored of coming third. Well, I, I just, I actually find this really interesting because, um, you know, Emma, as we know, has moved over to, to ride with Orica AIS this year. Um, 
and obviously they have got a very, very well-prepped classic squad. We all saw uh, the form that they took in Tour of Qatar, even though the conditions there don't suit them, but immediately that was unleashed with uh, with Tiffany Cromno uh, at Het Newsblood. Um, and, you know, clearly Emma's consistent placing uh, really, really does speak to her form. Yeah. So I'm curious to see whether... We've actually seen Orica really unleash uh, their complete plan and and you know target races as yet. Yeah. You know. um, so I'm very 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 curious to see what happens this weekend. Yeah, um, and we'll, we'll get on to Drense Acht in a bit, but yeah, mm. um, yeah, I agree. And and also it speaks to what an amazing rider Emma is because those three riders, those three races came out very differently. Um, mm. Obviously, Hetnoisblatt. I can't say it like you do. I think I should just say, obviously, that race... Obviously, OHN. I was hoping you'd say it for me. Obviously... OHN. Oh. <laughs> oh, stock in trade. <laughs> obviously, OHN is like, it's hilly, it's attritional, it's fucking vicious, it was freezing cold. Um... And yeah, it was uh, it was just like and, and 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 it was and it came down to a breakaway. But it was a very different set of, set of races to the other ones. Um, Le Samin ended up uh, ended up with Ellen Van Dyke winning it solo with um, Johansson Olds and uh, Elisa Longo Borghini racing behind you know ch- chasing. But that's yeah. a different kind of that's a different kind of race. And then Tilt Winger was a bunch sprint. Yeah, yeah. And it was actually a very close bunch sprint too, that that should be said. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, so, I mean, this is, the thing is, is Johansson is, is just such a strong rider, and I think, hmm. you know, where this, and, and this is why she's so good in the GCs, of course. Yeah, well, and I, I do have to confess that I'm personally, you know, really hoping that um, that she pulls it together, because she's um, anchoring my, my VDS team, so... But you know, um, you know what? Go having, Emma. Having a rider who comes third all the time is much, much better for your v, for your VS team than having a rider who wins every now and then. Well, I would like her to do both. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. Dear Emma, can you please win and come third in all future races? Love Dan. <laughs> um, another one of the things I really enjoyed was seeing the photo of Elisa Longo Borghini with her um, from High Tech with her solution to frozen eyeballs because um, Marietta Van Wanwatch <laughs> from Dolls Bolmans was also was from Bowles Dolls Dolmans was also taken. He also had to go to hospital after Tilt Wingo with frozen eyeballs. Mm. But it's a photo of <laughs> Elisa <laughs> wearing ski goggles. Yeah, but it's like it's she's wearing her sunglasses and then ski goggles over them. Yeah, <laughs> it's genius, absolute genius. Um, I I don't know how aero they are, but um, yeah, yeah. I I've... guess I guess when the when the temperature's cold enough to freeze your eyeballs, aerodynamics may not be the first consideration. Yeah. Um, luckily, they've moved away from frozen eyeball territory. Um, I I really enjoyed the like I said I really enjoyed the blogs I enjoyed Emily Collins um, America writer Jackie Crowell has got a really nice blog full of photos you know full of photos too and there've been some all sorts of amazing blogs at the moment but yeah uh, it's yeah they've moved away from Holland from Belgium and into Holland ah uh, yes actually and no one's answered for me do they have animals in Holland I still don't know do they have what animals. Mm, yeah, you know, we were talking a couple of weeks ago and we neither of us were sure, you know, if they have bears or boar or things like that in the Netherlands. I mean, I don't know. I I'm sure they have pets, but I, I want to know if they have, like, native cougars or something like that. I mean, I guess if they, if they were going to be anywhere, they'd be in here because um, they're riding in Drenthe, and Drenthe is a province in the northeast of the Netherlands. And, you know, anyone who doesn't come from the low countries, we're all in awe of how places like the Netherlands handle cycling compared to the terrible, terrible ways our cities do it, yeah? Mm. But the province of Drenthe is known as the cycling province because it's apparently even better there than it is everywhere else. That's amazing. Yep. 
Um, and anyway, the races. So they're in Drenthe for, for this for this kind of. Um, I guess I, I'm calling it a week, but really it's um, four days of racing. Um, in that four days, they have three elite women's races, including one World Cup. They have men's races. They have mass participation rides. It's all on the TV. It's very exciting, and it's just it's just. I really want to go to this part of the world. They race through cobbles. They race through forests. They race through national parks. Yep. And yeah, and it just looks like an amazing part of the world. Um, apparently, the Drenthe region wants the 2020 World Championships. Cool. Maybe we can finally get the World Championships where you know there are felled trees across the course and they have to bunny hop over them and stuff like that. Oh, what, you mean make it a cyclocross course? No, no hopping off your bike and running. <sighs> yes. Anyway, um, um, I knew I shouldn't mention those words. It's like mentioning track and, and the inevitable turn right comments. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> you can't turn right on a track, Sarah. I don't know why you're suggesting that. That's silly. <laughs> so we're in Drenthe. If, you, um... if you're on a track and you turn right, Sarah, you're going the wrong way. In Drenthe, I have one of the things I enjoyed is um, Australian national champion Gracie Elvin has started doing a little series of video blogs, I guess for her folks back home, to show them what life on the road is like. And she did a blog of the hotel that the team stayed in in Belgium, and she's done one of the, of the hotel in Doing Blue where they're staying. And I love that. It's really, really nice. It really humanises the racing, any of that backstage information. I'm just, I could just watch any of that. It just really makes me happy. I have to admit that I personally did not find the, um, the tour of the hotel videos to be scintillating viewing. No, um, but but there are some very cool little moments, like when she um, um, was doing the the Belgian hotel tour, and she was walking through her room and had to pass by one of her teammates, and they both just had a little giggle at kind of the absurdity of of what they were doing exactly <laughs> at that moment, which is as you say, like it's a humanizing thing and it's a fun thing. Um, yeah, and it is cool to to uh, see riders having fun outside of the, the normal scope of things. I still, though, really, 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 really want... If anyone listening to this knows Gracie Elvin and can convince her to do this for me, I really want her to strap her GoPro to the back of her helmet one day, like just a training day, wouldn't expect it in a race, but just record whatever's going on behind her because I think we'd get amazing video of like people pulling faces and stuff um, <laughs> behind her all day and it would be really interesting. <laughs> Plus, she'd have to wear a helmet all day for it to work and that's funny too. But they always wear a helmet all day when they're training. Uh, coffee stop, champ. Okay. Um, Gracie was racing her first race um, in, in, in the, the, the OHN um, wearing a big yellow ribbon in her hair. Sorry, the, um, the omelope het newsblood. Okay, yeah. That's the one. Um, and that was really sweet to see. It was like there's this rider walking around in the freezing cold with this huge big bow. <laughs> <laughs> Attached to her pony set. Well, we know where you are. Um, are you sure? Are you sure it was a bow and not just um, a bit of her hair that got frozen into an odd shape? <laughs> it was like the opposite of Tiffany Cromwell. <laughs> Tiffany, I'm hiding from the world. Gracie, I'm a, I've got a bow. Ninja Cromwell. Ugh. Yes. Anyway, yeah, so that was sweet. And actually, you know, last week you were teasing me about having a love letter to different teams. And, what? Uh, I would never do that. And tease this, you? I respect you far too much, Sarah, to tease you. And this week, my love letter is to the team Orica AIS. And I, one of the things I really, really have been enjoying about them for the first, this, this early part of the season, has been they're getting riders to do race previews, different riders to do race previews. And Emma Johansson previewed the Drenthe Acht, and I just thought it's the best race preview I've ever read, ever. It is pretty good. It, I mean, it, it includes what has now become one of my favourite bits of cycling terminology. Don't say it, don't say it yet, don't say it yet. Cause I no, 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 I, no I, I, I just, I'm relishing. There is much anticipation as we get to that moment. Do you want to read it or shall I? No, no, you, please. Okay. This is Emma's 
preview and I'll, we'll put a link to this and everything else we've been discussing on our site prowomenscycling.com um, so you can read it all because it's just this is just a little bit okay these are Emma's words every country has certain road features that we come to associate it with racing in that particular country in Belgium the roads have what we term death valley read crack down the middle of the road Holland is the land of form fuckers read traffic islands and poles everywhere both countries share certain elements when it comes to single day races the racing in both belgium and holland is fast and hectic the battle for good position is constant roads in both countries have cobblestones although the cobbles are different here in drentha it looks like someone has just spread stones out at random on a forest road not meant for use by cars in belgium we race on roads where cars travel so the cobbles are more uniform in size and are mostly quite organized <laughs> bit different. It's a bit more difficult to navigate over the random cobble sections than the organised ones. Ah, <laughs> oh, fantastic! Yeah. I just, I love, I love the idea of objects in the road being known as form fuckers. Yeah, and, and I, I don't really like the idea of someone's form being fucked by them, but you know. It's mm. yeah. I mean, and that's what it is. It's like you know, we saw we well, we we saw in this in this in this in Drenta Act, you know, exactly what happened. We well, you know what what can happen in these races, but yeah, form fuckers. Um, Emma, we love your preview. Please write more. You're fucking hilarious, and we hope you um we hope you win, and you're great. Um, and Orica, thank you. You know, it's not just Emma. It's like they've had. They've had a different rider previewing every race so far. Um, I'm sure they'll have today um, previews up on their site of the Drentha World Cup. And, yeah, um, it's just, it's really nice. You know, you've got Gracie's videos, you've got individual riders' stuff, and you've got these, you know, the great, the great words on the site. You know, they had some, there was a little bit of polemica after last week's Le Samin, where, you know, where DS Dave McPartland was suggesting that one of the riders might not have been contributing as much as she should. And I do like polemica. I like the honesty. So you know, thank you, Orica AIS. Um, yeah, you're this. That's my this week's love letter to a team. You're great. Love Sarah. Love Sarah. XOXO. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go overboard. It's not like we're Gossip Girl or anything. <laughs> I don't even know <sighs> what XOXO means. I hope it's not something terrible. Uh, what? You've never signed a letter with XO, like oh. kisses and hugs. Is that what it means? Yeah, yeah. The X's are kisses and the O's are hugs. Either that, either that, or my mum lied to me when I was, you know, like ten and writing my first love letter to girls. Oh, what did she say? That an X was a kiss and an O was a hug. Oh, I thought you said your mum lied to you. No, I said unless she lied to me. Oh, unless she lied to you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if someone wants to clarify that, if X's turn out to be punches and O's kicks. I should um I should probably find out now. Oh, so you wrote your first love letter at ten years old? Oh yeah, let's go with that, sure. Who did you write it to? Can you uh, let's let's say her name was Shannon. Why not? <laughs> oh little Dan love letters. I bet it was very cute. I'm sure it was very short and probably said something very ambiguous like I think you have nice hair. <laughs> Dear Shannon, you answered that maths problem in class really well. No, she was a bit dumb. <laughs> XOXO. Oh my god, maybe I've given myself away. <laughs> oh, well, you know, diversion into Dan's love life aside, um, yeah, it was the Drenthe Acht yesterday. The, um, um, the Drenthe Acht, it's uh, um, Acht, Dutch for eight. It's a figure of eight-shaped course, roughly, um, around the town of Dwingaloo. And it's, they do three, three laps of the course. It's got cobbles. It's pancake flats. Um, they get battered by winds. And, yeah, it was, um, it was a little bit marred by some hideous crashery, wasn't it? Little bit. Little bit. I mean, any time I read on Twitter about Ina the goddess of cycling going down and um and being knocked unconscious i'm going to be not having the best cycling day of my life no no and, and I'm, so i was i was very much not having the best cycling day of my life yeah and her teammate ellen van dyke tweeted afterwards 
What a horrible day on the bike. An unconscious teammate on the ground makes you realize exactly how unimportant bike racing can be. And yet it was quite scary because they had um, various riders, um, young riders fresh out of juniors, Ashlyn Van Baal and Tibco's Chantal Black and Ina taken to hospital. But Ina yeah. is unconscious and I don't, you know, I don't want to see race video where there's a rider stretched out unconscious on the road. It's just not right. But, you know, um, she was back tweeting and alive um, later on. Yeah, and tweeting, tweeting pictures of herself smiling grimly. I, I couldn't tell, actually, whether that was a grimace of pain or whether she was pissed off at the camera. Um, <laughs> no, like, you know. it was, it was um, I mean, that was her, this is my favourite tweet. To be honest, I now remember again why I avoid crashing. It fucking hurts. <laughs> and then I, wonder, I wonder what she was trying to say. That's a little unclear to me. So. <laughs> Ina, we're not sure. Can you clarify? I mean, poor Ina. You know all those blocks we've mentioned before. Well, sorry, I I just wanted to quickly add, though, the other part that I thought was quite sweet about that, though, was um, that apparently Ellen actually stopped, turned around, and went back to make sure that Ina got help as quickly as possible. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so so that the team car could find them and um, and medical staff could could come get to her straight away and all that sort of thing, which was very, very sweet. And, you know, I mean, just a, a... great thing for someone to do anyway but what an awesome thing for a teammate to have that awareness and do that for you yeah 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 and and they're such a strong team you know they've been racing mm. together for years and actually i think you know i think a lot of the riders would do that for a lot of people you know mm. in a situation mm. like that fuck getting yeah. in position get people you know get injured the riders off the road but um the other thing that i really enjoyed was when when so ina's teammates carmen small and ellen were tweeting these pictures of of ina and a whole load of other riders from the peloton were just sending really snarky replies back to Ina. You know, Ina, next time try using the brakes, not your face, <laughs> to stop the bike. <laughs> <laughs> commenting, on, commenting on the improvement or not to her looks. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought, and that was really, I mean, it was a really scary thing, but, you know, there's this, like, it also shows what community there is in the peloton and you know i like that that's just i'm always going to be happy about that and yeah so mm. i'm gutted because ina did spend the last year as we've mentioned before blogging about how old and tired and she doesn't want to race anymore and i'm giving up and then she's come back and yeah and this is what happens the first race back in europe please ina don't take this as a sign um we love you please carry on racing we hope you heal fast, and we're really, really glad you were, You and other riders weren't hurt. Um, as far as I can tell, no one was hurt badly. Chantal Black was tweeting that she's battered but not broken. Um, Ashlyn Van, Van Baal turned out not to be broken. So, yeah, um, yeah, we're really, really happy that, it's, um, that it was all good. Um, go awesome. So, Ina, you, you've heard it from Sarah. Uh, you do not have permission to retire until you've proven that you can make it through an entire season without crashing. <laughs> I did not say that. I'm scared of Ina. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, the result, it, I mean, Drenta Act always comes down to a bunch of sprints, and it came out back to a bunch of sprints. And... This was interesting. Mariana Voss hasn't been riding road with this yet because Voss was riding mountain bike in Cyprus, her first ever mountain bike race as an elite rider. Um, she won. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it's hard to know what that means because it's like, you know, she went to mountain bike looking for a challenge and... So, so I mean, does this mean that she continues with the mountain biking or just brings all that fury and, and hunger for victory back to, to road? I think... Uh, I mean, takes she, up speed skating. Who knows? Who I mean, knows? She, I mean, to be fair, it was very, very early season mountain biking and, you know, the really big names like um, Julie Bresse and Catherine Prendrell uh, weren't riding there. Um, but she did beat Sabine Spitz, who's like amazing and was on the olympic podium and you know various other riders who were good so you know um apparently she said she rode it because she wanted to get points so that she could start a uci world cup oh you've got those points mariana (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so um, and 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 you know in typical mariana style she um she looked like she was having a huge amount of fun and 
you know what was lovely was before, in so we we get really good coverage of of the Drent, of the Drenthe races because Arte, um, RTV Drenth I'm sure you say that Arte Bay Drenth Drenthe the t- local mm. TV station really pushed the boat out for this and before the race there was Mariana in her Road World Champion jersey. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a while to realise that that was unusual because I'm so used to seeing her racing stripes and cyclocross. But there she was in her Road World Champion jersey, looking like she was glowing. <laughs> interview. I, I don't speak Dutch. She just looked so happy. And then she had to scamper off to get on to, to sign in on time because the interviewer was interviewing her just as her team was signing on. Um, yeah, so Mariana won. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> First race of the year in stripes. There she is. She's won. Yeah. Um, so I think I think now we're basically I think Mariana, as far as cycling um, goes, is left with uh, BMX, bicycle, ballet, and trials. Yeah. But That's you know, it. Rainbows all round then. Um, yeah. Sorry. Um, sorry. In second, yeah. In, second, in second behind her was Georgia Bronzini from Wiggle Honda. Um, someone said, yeah, Bronzini was right in Mariana's wheel. But obviously it's quite, it's much easier to get into Mariana's wheel than it is to get out of it. Um, <laughs> and in third place was Emma Johansson. Um, well, yeah, there we go. Yeah, so, yeah, so that was Drenta Act. Um, the video's on our website already. Um, yeah, and tomorrow... Is I, I guess, yeah, we, we just need to go there. So, yeah. um, as we alluded to earlier, I mean, you've you've interviewed Luce Hornevike um, about tomorrow, which means that according to, to your crackpot, I mean, completely reasonable theories, she's guaranteed to win now. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know if there's much point previewing the race. I mean... We know that, that Olds and Johansson are going to be second and third. So there it is, guys. That's the podium uh, all <laughs> sorted. Join us next week when um, when Sarah reveals who she's interviewed slash anointed winner over the next big race. <laughs> no, I mean, the reason I, I, I wanted to interview uh, Luce on the about this race, because she won in 2010, and that was the first non-olympic non-world champion women's race that i got that i ever watched live and it just blew my mind um you know i hadn't i just hadn't known that you could watch the women's road races and you know and it was my first race in a live thread and podium cafe um if you ever I, we talk about podium cafe a lot but they run live threads for all the races where you can chat through the race and that's great because if you're watching one of those Tour de France stages where the most exciting thing is the brand of cheese that's made in the area you know you can chat and make friends with people and talk shit about cycling um, but it's also I, I like cheese you say that like it's a bad thing cheese is fucking great cheese is great but you know goes well with wine and you know it's not necessarily the thing I want to be thinking about when I'm watching a bike race. I want to be diverted by super exciting racing rather than, you know, 150 bored men riding 200 kilometers so that they can have a bunch sprint at the end. Um, There's nothing wrong with a good bunch sprint. I love a good bunch sprint. It's just, it's like, you know, like when you have a day off work or it's on a Saturday or something and you get to actually come home and watch the Tour de France and it's... That, that actually literally never happens to me. So yes, because no. you're on the wrong time day. But just, just empathise. Use some empathy, man. Um, you know, and, and inevitably, it's not the exciting climbing stage that you get home to watch. It's one fucking Tour de France sprint stage. Ah, ah. And you could have just come home early and just watched the last five minutes of it because that's the only thing you need to see. Anyway, I digress. Uh, uh, yeah, and boy, we have major philosophical differences about... Anyway, that's all right. Yeah, It's anyway, okay, you're wrong. Um, Moving on. Um, <laughs> over on Podium Cafe, they have live threads. And they're, um, people are really super friendly there. So if you want, you know... If you want to come, well, and... just just bear in mind, people. They do still allow me on there, so you know most people are super friendly. There are some obnoxious jerks. Yeah, but it's always nice if you're new to if you're new to if you haven't watched any 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 of the recycling before. It's really nice to do it in company because you know you can ask questions. Mm. You can ask as many stupid questions as you like, and mm. you know, and people will tell you what's going on. Especially if you're watching a dodgy stream in another language, as we never would. We don't need to this weekend because it's shown live. 
Anyway, but um, but yeah, no, I, I do have to echo. Sorry, um, all jokes and stuff aside, the cafe is an excellent place to get to learn more about um, racing tactics and and that sort of thing. And it happens to be one of those amazing places in the internet. It's possibly the last place in the internet. Uh, I was explaining to a friend the other week where uh, you basically have an open forum sort of community. Uh, you're still allowed to use all the swear words, and somehow people just generally aren't dicks. And um, and so it's a really amazing place. But it also has a bunch of people who are incredibly smart and really good at reading races. Uh, so if, for example, you wind up accidentally getting a stream or a feed that has, for example, <coughs> Phil and <coughs> Paul um, commentating... Uh, and you can't be asked dialing up a, an alternative audio stream or, or whatever, then, you know, again, the cafe's a great place to actually get uh, useful information. Yep. Um, anyway, <laughs> and, and Rhonda Van Drenthe is shown live. It's, um, the first hour isn't, but the rest of it is shown live on RT, uh, RTB Drenthe. Jennifer, oh my god, they're a small little regional station. They're showing the race live and they're streaming it unrestricted, ungeo restricted. I love this TV station. I'm going to put their Twitter handle and their contact details on our on the on the site. But you know, if you like them too, please, please send them an email or drop them a tweet and just say thank you. You yeah, know? actually, you know, and, and let's make them a bit of a feature of the next Click Through Thursday, you know, just flood them with a bunch of messages thanking them for the support. Yeah, I mean, they were so, they're so good. They get their clips up on YouTube, they're really fun. They've got this really sweet pre, um, preview um, trailer for the Ronda Van Drenthe with a little jingle, Ronda Van Drenthe, it's great, and yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we didn't lead with that as the selling point. <laughs> <laughs> But getting back to the UCI survey, you know what? At the start of the year, the UCI put something out on a press release talking about how they were going to show all the World Cups, which they own the rights to, they own the TV rights to, and they're going to show all the World Cups. And yeah, but they didn't say they were going to show them live or anything. No, they said they were going to show them on their YouTube channel. <laughs> and I was like, and we were like, holy shit, you're going to show the women's races. And then they backtracked and went, oh, well, you know, if the women's races are streamed live and we have the chance to, we'll show it on our YouTube channel. I was like, brilliant. You know, that's, that's, that's great. That's fantastic. Um, and strangely, that hasn't materialised. So, and, and the press release, I mean, I don't know whether I just dreamt... So, hang on, hang on, just just let me let me get this straight. What you're saying is that the UCI made a, a written commitment earlier, which they now no longer appear to be honouring? Yeah, I know. And you're surprised by this? I know. What's going on? Why am I surprised? I possibly preferred it when I was programmed to like them. I... <sighs> I have no words. I mean, this is an amazing race. It's 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 it can be won in all sorts of different ways. It can end up in a bunch sprint. It can be escaped. It can be solo. It can be bunches. It's a really nice race. It's really well organised. It's the first World Cup of the year. Well, that's it's... what I was going to say. You know, in all honesty, it could be a shit race. It's a World Fucking Cup. Like you show it. There's yeah. the, like you, it's not a it's a no brainer. There's no choice. You show it. And apparently, they're going to be showing the BMX, Mountain Bike, Track, Cyclocross and Trials World Cup. What the fuck is a Trials World Cup, Dan? Don't you don't know Trials? Trials is awesome. Trials is like uh, mountain bike. Basically, you put the seat down like as low as it can go or take it off altogether. And then you hop from obstacle to obstacle without touching the ground. Like, your feet don't leave the pedals. Oh, what? It's like really awesome. So, like, all those Danny McCaskill videos... Of him, you know, riding over boathouses and, and hopping from building to building and stuff. That's that's trials. Oh, like the kids do in town? Yeah. I mean... It's very yeah, cool. Trials is cool. It sounds fun. It sounds I, I predict a big future, a big future for Mariana Voss in trials. <laughs> no, really, I do. I do. I just, I just don't know why. I don't know why they're not... So, you know, if anyone hasn't completed the UCI stakeholder survey, I think I'm going to have to find another ISP address because I've done it and so I haven't said this yet. I'm going to have to... Oh, my God! Why? Why aren't you showing this? It's so simple. People... The number of people who... I mean, I reckon... So, so you know, every now and again, people find me on Twitter 
and or whatever and say hey anyone know how I can watch a women's racing because I really want to know more and you know that must be a tiny proportion of people who think this yeah I'm not saying I'm I've got this you know I'm I'm just like one shipped fan on the internet it's like if people can find me and say, how do you watch it? There must be hundreds and hundreds of people who want to watch these fucking races. You know, more people watch the, women Olympic, the women's Olympic road race than watch the men. There's an audience. Oh, God. You okay? Oh. Was, that, was that an aneurysm? Was that popping sound, a, a, a blood vessel bursting in your brain? No, no, you're all right. Don't need to get medics. Don't you? Do I need to get Ellen Van Dyke to ride over and make sure you're okay? <laughs> it might disrupt her training. <laughs> it almost certainly would disrupt her training. I mean, four hours of you screaming, I can't believe you're here. This is amazing. Come here and have a cup of tea. Tell me everything. <laughs> what was the first bike you saw? Was it the same bike as the first bike you rode? Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and on that note, come on, tell us more about your interview with Luce. Oh, I interviewed Luce Hunnawhite. So Luce won in 2010, and it was great and amazing. And so I interviewed her about it, because I was thinking, well, you know, why... People don't want to... You know, I could try and tell you about the race, but let's hear it from someone who's won. And, yes, yeah, so I've interviewed Luce. That's over on Podium Cafe. I'll put a link on our, on, on our blog. Um, she was so funny. She really loves riding. No way. That's amazing. No, she really, really does. And um, she was really upfront because, you know, Luce, uh, whenever I've watched Luce, she's really known for those final edge breakaways. You know, it gets to three kilometers to go, Luce attacks, yeah? And she was really upfront about the fact that that's because she doesn't have a good bunch sprint. So, uh -huh. you know, play to your strengths. But she was also talking about her role as um, Orica AIS road captain. Yep. And um, this is something, I mean, I've never really thought about the role of road captain before too much, actually. But I guess, I mean, it makes perfect sense. I mean, especially since they've been racing without race radios for a couple of years now. Um, yeah. Or, you know, and yeah, so Luce's job. And what came through from talking to her was how much she just doesn't care if it's her or another teammate who wins as long as it's one of them. And yep. she, you know, she said something like, um, you know, oh, well, I could sprint for myself and come 10th or I could work for a teammate's victory yeah i love that mm, mm. Oh, it's one of the it's one of the big appeals of cycling in general it's an it's a very interesting sport given that the the particular types of of sacrifice of personal ambition that we witness are, are very yeah very special yeah um mm. i also liked i also like being able to ask her because um in last year's um qatar um uh, Orica sent out a team of classic specialists but they had better luck with the wind last year than they had this, this year but there's this moment in one of the videos afterwards where Judith Arndt says um, yeah I um, you know you attacked a new one yeah it's because um, Luce shouted at me <laughs> <laughs> and I got angry and swore at her and said a bad word and rode off <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's what I did. My favourite quote from the interview was actually um, like a little bit further down, but while she was still talking about that same thing, where um, you know she was talking about how uh, as a team they were attacking one by one and um, and seeing who was strong and, and um, how they basically attacked and attacked and attacked and, and blew up uh, Kirsten Veeld and then Udit was away. Yeah. Um, but but her conclusion of the whole attacking mentality, which I loved, was you have to try it a lot of times and see what breaks. That's how racing works. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, new life motto. Just going to put that down. That applies to pretty much anything. Just yeah. over and over and over again and see what breaks. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So, Drenth is tomorrow. Um, it's Probably going to be a terrible race. Probably, probably no point. Probably no point watching, to be honest. I just wish I was a little bit closer to you, Daniel. Why? So that you could stroke my uh, my hair affectionately, or pat me on the no. back for a job well done, or slap you upside the head. Oh, right, right. That response. Yes. I thought you didn't believe in uh, in violence in the workplace. Workplace. What? I'm not working. <laughs> it feels like work. This seems like work. It doesn't seem like work to me. 
Oh, you do it for the love. That's great. <laughs> I, I do it for the money. Just, just, just to be clear, it costs Sarah and I both quite a bit of money every year to keep this going. So <laughs> you do it for the giving away the money. Um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So it's the World Cup tomorrow. Um, oh, I love this course. Um, the, so the first fifty kilometres are out flat, um, but well, no, they they go over the Vanberg for the first time, and I've talked about the Vanberg in 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 the past. But it's a man-made hill that used to be a municipal rubbish dump. With it gets to about ten percent uh, gradient at one point, and it's actually got bigger this year because they've increased it by a couple of meters with more rubbish. <laughs> I swear they're building an alp. It's a long-term plan. <laughs> And they've got they put in another corner, so you know I don't. I mean, I guess the riders will have tried it out yesterday, but yeah, it's a new, all new Bamberg. Um, hurrah! I mean, <laughs> now smells citrusy fresh. I love, I, I love this course. So they go out over the Bamberg. I think they hit the Bamberg at about twenty k or something. Then it's all about who's first to get to the cobbles. The first section of cobbles is at fifty k, and they go through. And it, um, they and there's a really sharp corner into the cobbles. And I just want to read you a little bit of a quote about these cobbles from one of my favourite favourite riders, now sadly retired, Vicky Whitelaw. So Vicky Whitelaw, if you don't know her, she was a she's a, she was an Australian cyclist who rode for Lotto, and she was basically of the shut up legs Jens Voigt domestique type. And she said, I think this was in 2010. She said she just or 2011. She described it as. The Dutch cobbles are sharper and more brutal than those in the Ronde van Vlaanderen. Because many are within the forest tracks, they remain in the shade for the majority of the day, so are usually mossy and lovely and slippery. Bring it on! (laughs) 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 They're riding on on cobbles, described as people just casually flinging rocks around, that are also sharp and simultaneously slippery. Now that really raises a very interesting technical question for me. You remember when we were interviewing Helen Wyman uh, last year about uh, her cyclocross and she was talking about, you know, um, several of her wonderful sponsors and stuff and how uh, she gets to do really cool things and how she's been working with uh, the company that manufactures her Mm tyres and they've developed a a new kind of tyre for her for, um, for cross races, which is your sort of more traditional like road style, narrow profile, um, no real tread pattern tire across the middle of it, yeah. but that the sides um, have the knobby tractiony bits for when she's cornering. I would wonder how a tire like that would go across cobbles like this. You know what kind of tire I think would go really well across cobbles like this? Monster truck tires. I think it would be hard to fit them in the frame. <laughs> and possibly they would be a little heavy to, to, you know, like the rolling resistance is probably quite high on a tyre like that. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not disputing the, the traction argument, definitely, but yes, I, I, think, I think it would be difficult, um, particularly on any uphill cobbled sections, to, um, to maintain speed. I mean, I will obviously, you obviously know a lot more about tyres than I do, so I will defer to your genius, but yes, monster truck tyres, that's the way forward. Um, so they ride for 50 kilometers so the first race is basically the race for the cobbles and then the real racing starts and it's Mm. just super attritional anyway it's crazy um the second section of cobbles is at kilometer 67 and then they race back over the vanberg um and then they go through the through the little through the little town and then they go back over the vanberg and then they finish in the little town so there's like all sorts of opportunities you can attack on the um technical corners of the town you can attack on the hills um, yeah, it's a great race. A little bit to see it live, Dan. Um, it's on. So this is Saturday, the 9th of March. The racing, the 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 coverage starts from three o'clock Central European time, which is two o'clock England, nine a.m. If you're in the USA, Eastern Seaboard, and if you're in Australia, it's one in the morning. Oh, cool. So you know, nothing challenging about that at all. No. Um, yeah, and uh, uh, so Mariana Voss won it the last couple of years, um, last twice in fact. Uh, Luce- yeah, but you know, there's there's one very important thing to to bear in mind, which is you haven't interviewed her this week. 
Luce won it in 2010. Emma Johansson won it in 2009. Um, I I guess the other names I'd... I mean, you know, Kirsten Fields... Oh, comes now to- that's interesting, isn't it? I mean, because you interviewed Luce, but then Emma wrote a really awesome blog. So who comes out on top in that in the superstitious scale? Ooh. You know, maybe worse than that, worse than that, they're on the same team. So maybe maybe they just get in a two-up break and then ride across the line holding hands and singing Kumbaya. Dear Luce and Emma, if you happen to do that, remember the Taylor Wilde's Ebby Stevens story from earlier. Don't practice your victory salute in the mirror. It's the other way around. Yes. Um, yeah, so that'll be great. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, Drenfer, very exciting. And then on Sunday, there's another race because we have the uh, Novelon Cup, which is the final race of the Drenth. Um, in previous years, it's been very, very hilly. I think they used to just go over the Vanberg five times or something. But you know, t- but on Sunday, it's a um, totally pancake flat race. I would have picked Ina Yoko Tuttenberg to win but I don't think she'll be riding um, but yeah probably uh, not but who doesn't love pancakes on a Sunday morning that's awesome yeah we are in the Netherlands um, yeah I'd uh, there's just uh, just time to mention a couple of other things we've seen this week um, as Dan alluded to earlier uh, Wiggle Honda have signed up Linda Willemsen Mm. Apparently, Linda, uh, you may recall, she was uh, semi-retired this year. She was focusing on her World TT, planning to stay in New Zealand. Um, God knows why. Um, anyway, it turns out that when Emmy, Emily Collins uh, joined Wiggle and then moved to Europe, uh, Linda ran out of, of people in New Zealand to race bikes against. Um, there are only 42 people in New Zealand now um, and 300 million sheep. And so, yeah, it turns out that just in order to, to not go insane and have something to do with her days, she had to uh, to return to cycling. Dan, as a proper Australian, has the proper Australian feelings towards all Kiwis. Yes, they're very, very nice and deserve a pat on the head. Yes. Um, yeah, Linda, so Linda, I mean, she's not going to race that. I mean, Linda... I don't know, um, you probably recognise Linda from the fact that she's been on the World ITT podium for the last four years, five years. I mean, she's just, you know, if you were booking a rider for your Podium Cafe Virtual Director Sportif game and saw Linda Willemsen at one point and didn't pick her for your team, I'm sorry, it's not my fault. What were you thinking? Did you not do any research at all? She's a shoe in. You know, if you can bet anyone's going to be on the podium for her. If you participated in this year's selection of a team for the Podium Cafe Virtual Director Sportive game and submitted it on time, then it doesn't really matter what Sarah says. She can't make you feel guilty. (laughs) I chose not to put a team in. I get very stressed about maths. (laughs) <laughs> anyway point being point being that at least you've got some skin in the game dear listener so you know don't don't let yourself be bullied into feeling like you made a mistake by not picking a rider who was semi-retired and had the intention to ride one race yes anyway she's going to be back in europe i think it's in june i assume i mean i'm guessing she's apparently there to kind of bolster up the um world's uh their their ttt squad so i guess you will see her in the open to swear for gorda ETT World Cup in August, but I wouldn't be surprised if she turns up in the Giro Don. Willemsen is a very, very, very attacking rider, um, mm. and I always like that kind of rider, so hurrah! Welcome back, Linda! We missed you. Um, the other thing I just wanted to mention very quickly was Marijn de Vries. Um, the, the Ronde van Drenthe race goes through the village that Marijn grew up in. Um, Holy what- shit! That's right, yeah. She... Um- I'm sorry, I'm stealing your thunder and being rude and interrupting. That's terrible. But, yeah, she wrote a great blog about it. <laughs> yeah, Marine's family, but her mum and her dad both come from the area too. So she's got this lovely blog on Cyclismus um, where she's got lots of little childhood memories. Talking about how the race interacts with her, intersects with her childhood memories with lots of photos of Marine and her siblings looking very cute and adorable and sweet but- and lovely. This this really is so so the the Ronde van Drenthe really is turning into the ultimate race to test this theory about you know whether or not writing a good blog uh, actually means that you win the race because we've got you know Marine being you know full of nostalgia and childhood memories and it's a home race realistically though I think that that's possibly going to distract her as much as it would help her to win Are so you- she'll be riding along and going oh that's the corner where and then you know a break will go up the road and she'll miss it 
I, no, maybe. No, I mean, I, I think, you know, maybe Moraine will be in an early break so that she can ride through her hometown um, very, very slowly, calling to everyone she knows. Oh, <laughs> hi, Mrs. Jenkins. Oh, God, I haven't seen you for ages. Oh, my God, yeah, your kids right. have got so big. So she gets in an early break and ends up pissing the break off so much because she's constantly going, and this town is where... <laughs> And so, and then, so finally, the race winner just launches just to get away from the rolling narrative. Yeah, no, and you know, and, and then yeah. she ends up at the back of the peloton because she's riding through because she's because she's freewheeling yeah. through the village. Exactly, she got off and, and stopped to have a cup of tea with uh, a lost family friend or something. Um, or we've got um, you know Emma's fantastic blog. Uh, then we've also got Luce's interview with yourself. So we're about to find out not only. Is the whole, you know, blog slash interview thing the pathway to success? In which case, you know, great, because people will be clamoring to provide us with blogs or, or interviews. But which kind as well? So, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see over the course of the season how much influence this has on uh, writers' social media game, basically. Wow. Yes. Well, I mean, to be honest, Dan, I think, I think the real thing is Mariana Voss is riding in her rainbow jersey i think no amount of good bloggage it's going to take a lot of good bloggage to get past that so so it's going to take a pile of blogs thrown randomly in front of of mariana (laughs) for her to be slowed down is that what you're saying yeah i think mariana might win okay okay but yeah um well, well, I'm hoping I'm hoping that that Emma wins and comes third, as I said earlier. That's, that's what I'm predicting. Well, yes. we'll tell you all about it, dear listener, next week. Um, yeah, if I can, if I can survive my UCI aneurysms and my <laughs> excitements, we'll tell you all about it. Awesome! Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we'll talk to you all again soon. Bye. Bye.